0: We are so honored that you made time to worship with us today, and we are excited for week two of our series uh, that we've called, that we've titled Love Handles, and um, it is uh, just talking about the different aspects of love, getting a grip on the relationships in our life, Great things in store for us today. I'm excited because Pastor Israel is going to come up here in just a little bit and, and deliver part two of this message and what I want you to know is uh, um, he, he has a word for us today, and I'm excited. He is one of my personal favorite preachers. Um, I enjoy hearing him every single time. He is creative, he is innovative, but more than anything, he is anointed. And he has a message for us today. I wanna, I wanna honor his parents that are here in the house. Pastor Martinez, Hermana Martinez, los honramos, los amamos. We're, we're so grateful that they're here today. Can you give God one more hand praise as Pastor Israel comes to deliver the word?
1: No pressure, no pressure, right? We're in the house of the Lord, and uh, I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, and I know you got last-minute uh, Valentine's gifts to get, so I won't be in your way much. Uh, But if you go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to read a few verses there and then uh, you guys can take your seats. So Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to be reading verses 4 through 10 this morning. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. You can also read it on the screen and it reads like this. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ." By grace you have been saved, verse 6, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, that in the ages to come he might show the exceedingly riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith and then out of yourselves. It is the gift of God, verse 9, not of works, lest anyone should boast, verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the space, Lord, in this place that we can come together, Lord, and, and draw, Lord, uh, from each other strength from each other, Lord. Draw from the well that never runs dry in this place. So we thank you, Lord, for just uh, covering us, Lord, and giving us the strength to be here this morning. We ask that you would speak through us, that you would speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You guys may be seated this morning. And again, we are so glad that you are here with us. It's always a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. Right? And and as Pastor was saying, we are in week two of our series this month that we are calling Love Handles. And I have to be honest (laughs) with you all because when we were discussing the idea, I saw Pastor John avoid eye contact with me as if he didn't want to make me feel uncomfortable speaking of love handles. I don't know. But in my mind, I was thinking, yes, right? This is what I've been preparing for my whole life. This is my time to shine. And to my surprise, it wasn't about those love handles they were referring to. I mean, I thought, I thought we were going to have like a competition of who has the most intriguing yet beautifully sculpted love handles. And I was ready to take home that trophy for sure. All my curves and all my edges, all my perfect imperfections. But it's not those love handles we're talking about, unfortunately, or maybe good for you, right? Change is good. Change is good. Uh, Sometimes it's needed. Wouldn't you agree that change is sometimes needed? I think sometimes we fall victim to the routine that we get to a moment where we don't mean what we say because it's just become a routine. It's what I'm supposed to do or when I'm here or it's what I'm supposed to do in the moment, but it's empty, and I thought about the story of that pastor that would end every service with, and the Lord be with you all, and the church would respond, and also with you. right?" And So would you humor me for a few seconds? Can we try that? So I'll say, uh, I'll say and the Lord be with you all, and then you all will respond, and also with you. Okay. So here we go. And the Lord be with you all. Okay, we'll try that two more times. And the Lord be with you all. All right, one more time. And the Lord be with you all. But it just so happened that on a particular Sunday, the pastor was having issues with the microphone and having audio issues. And so he did the best he could to, to work through it. But eventually he said, there's something wrong with this microphone to which the church responded. With you. You'll get it on the way home. Our, to- our topic this morning for the next few moments is roses are red, violets are blue. And before we go on, let me break the ice here a little bit. Sam was chatting with his friend, Ted. I don't know him personally. He asked Ted whether he had bought his wife anything for Valentine's Day. Yes, Ted replied. I bought her a belt and a bag. That sounds good, Sam responded. I hope she likes them. And Ted grinned. Me too. I'm hoping now that the vacuum cleaner will work better. A woman woke up one morning, turned to her husband and said, Honey, I I just had a dream that, that you bought me a new gold necklace. What do you think it means? He answered, I don't know, but Valentine's Day is coming soon. You'll know then. And a few nights later, she again woke up after having a dream. She said, This time I dreamed you gave me a pearl necklace. What do you think it means? You'll know on Valentine's Day, he replied. The morning the Valentine's came, she again woke up telling him about her dream. And this time she dreamed that you, she said, this time I dreamed that you brought me, that you bought me a diamond necklace. What do you think it means? Honey, be patient, he said. You'll know by tonight. So the evening, in the evening, the husband came home with the package and gave it to his wife. Delighted, she opened it and found a book entitled, The Meaning of Dreams." These are what not to do. I'm trying to help a brother. (laughs) And soon after our last child left home for college, my husband was resting next to me on the couch with his head in my lap. I carefully removed his glasses. You know, honey, I said sweetly, without your glasses, you look like the same handsome young man I married. Honey, he replied with a grin, without my glasses, you look pretty good too. (laughs) (laughs) some of y'all can relate. It's all right. Just look straight at me. Uh, It's crazy for me to be um, talking about this, right? Roses are red, violets are blue. And it's crazy for me to be talking about how love helps you handle life's unpleasant experiences, not knowing that we would be going through what we are going through, but God knew. And so as I'm speaking to you, you must also know that I'm speaking to myself too at the same time. Whitney once said, what's love got to do with it, got to do with it? Well, Whitney, love has everything to do with it. And by the way, it's much more than a secondhand emotion. See, love is a person. Love is the person of Jesus Christ because it's not what he does. It's who he is. God is love. So allow me to say the following, that the moment he stops loving you is the moment he stops being God. And in case you're wondering, that will never happen. That will never happen. Love is a person. Love is not meant to be described, but it is meant to be experienced. Ephesians 2, the verses that we read, I'll read it to you in a different way. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit Together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceedingly riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good work, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, us, we, together us, we, together. Us, we, together. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And the greatest act of love is so profound that it is capable, more than capable, of handling the uncertainties of life, of humanity. The greatest act of love was paying a debt he did not owe. You know it, because we owed a debt that we could not pay. Love is a person. Love will be with you in tragedies and in the triumphs. Love will walk in when everyone else walks out. Love will say, me too, instead of shame on you. Love will lock arms when when the fling fades. Love will allow you to see that even in the messiness, you can still see God's goodness. See, love is seeing that their being is greater than their doing, that what they chose to do and act in a certain moment of season of their life doesn't have to be who they truly are. Because truth is, sometimes our doing doesn't match our being, does it? That's why you'll hear people say he doesn't look like that type of person that would do that or or she doesn't look like that type of person that would act like that or do such a thing. Why? Because what you've known about that person and what they chose to do doesn't match. But that doesn't define you. Failures don't define you. Mistakes don't define you. It's how you choose to respond to that failure, to that mistake that defines you. See, I'm reminded of the woman at the well. Society despised her. Women hated her. The law condemned her. But for some strange reason, Jesus loves her. Jesus loved her enough to have a conversation with a woman at the well that wasn't well at all. Love is seeing that their being is greater than their doing. And by the way, that day she realized that the thirst that she had wasn't even a natural thirst, but it was a spiritual emptiness that she was trying to fill with natural experiences and elements. And I can't help but wonder that if in our search to be filled and feel accomplished, if we too are trying to fill a spiritual emptiness, With natural experiences and elements. How do I know? Because as soon as Jesus reveals to her who she is and she is freed from her past, it says that she left the jars and went straight to the people to tell them about Jesus. She left the jars of water there. Her need was never a natural need. It was a spiritual need. I wonder if in our search of feeling fulfilled and accomplished, if we're trying to fill a spiritual emptiness with natural elements and experiences. See, love is turning a Beno- Benoni moment into a Benjamin moment, or Benoni. Rachel is about to give birth as they're heading back to Egypt, and, and she is in so much pain that she names her son Benoni, which means son of my sorrow of pain. It, it is She is in so much pain that, I, I, that after... That as she gives birth, or after she gives birth, Rachel dies. And Israel stands there with Benoni in his arms. And I can picture him having this defining moment with his son. That he could not keep the name Benoni, son of my sorrow, of pain, over his son. His son wasn't a person that caused a sorrow or pain. It was a temporary feeling, follow me. It was a temporary feeling that Rachel went through. But it wasn't what his son, the 12th son, would be. And I can see it now. Israel knew what it was to benefit from a name change. Israel knew what it was to encounter love in such a way that the past is erased. And behold, all things are made anew. Israel, who used to be Jacob, looks at his son, who used to be Benoni, son of my sorrow, of my pain, and names him Benjamin, son of my strength, son of my right hand. See, love is turning a Benoni moment into a Benjamin moment. You're not son of my sorrow. No, no, no. You're son of my strength. Roses are red. Violets are blue. My great mess. See, love is also a partnership. Love is in Deuteronomy 31:6. De- love is be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Psalms 23:4. Love is, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me." Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Isaiah 43:1. love is, but now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and I love this part, you are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Matthew 28, 20, love is, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Zephaniah three seventeen. love is, the Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. Love says, Not my will, but your will be done. Love lays down a crown for a cross. Love lays down a crown for a cross. Love is a person, love is a partnership. But also, love is poetic. Love is poetic. And what, I, what excited me about this subject is the word workmanship. In some versions, it says masterpiece. But the original word, the original text reads poema, which is the Spanish word we get poema, which is where we get our English word poem. Essentially, Paul is saying that we are God's poem. Roses are red, by the church and a poem follow me a poem is an expression of the artist's thoughts feelings creativity and desires you are an expression of god's love here on earth here today you are god's poem roses are red violets are blue my great mess collided with his greatness And I need you to know that you are an original poem. You are the expression of the greatest artist of all time. And what makes an original unique is that it is an expression of the creator's creativity and vision. And since there's only one creator, yes, there's only one creator, that means that you are an expression of his creativity and vision, meaning that there is no one else that could have thought of you and envisioned you but him. And I know that life can get messy sometimes. And and when you sit there thinking of everything that is happening in your own personal life, and you think to yourself, I don't know what to do. It doesn't make sense. I have no clue what the next step is. How do I get back up from this? How will I ever show my face in public again if it gets messy, and, and it gets a little confusing, and it gets a little overwhelming, and it's too messy? I want you to hear me this morning that even in the messiness, you can still see God's goodness. You can still see God's goodness even in the messiness that when you look at a piece of art or when you look at the piece of an art and you have no idea what it's supposed to be or what it's supposed to mean, that doesn't mean that it's useless and it doesn't have value. Because what gives value to the painting that makes sense to no one isn't the sense or isn't the opinion of others, but what gives it its value is the artist who created it the artist who envisioned it, the artist who is trying to tell a story through paint and brushes. That's what gives it its value. See, its value comes from its creator, not from the opinions of others. And it doesn't matter how old the painting is. It's still valuable. And in most cases, the older it is, the higher the value. And that was a perfect moment for the the people that are up there in age to shout amen. The older the painting is, the higher the value. And you need to know that you are an expression of God's love here on earth. That God is the one that gives you your value, not the opinions of others, not the amount of friends you have on social media, not the amount of likes and follows you receive. None of, that, none of those things give you the value. Only he gives you your value. Why? Because he is the creator. He is the artist. No one else could have thought of you and envisioned you but him. And as messy as your life might be or as messy as your life might feel, I promise you there's value. See, some days your bones tell you you're older. Other days your heart wants to play. Sometimes you feel confident while at others you feel insecure. One time, one moment you're happy and the next you're sad. In the moment, in the morning you're tired and at the end of the day you're exhausted, but somewhere along the way you, you had some energy, maybe, you think. Your conscience tells you you're guilty. Your faith tells you I'm forgiven, but you're not sure. You're a failure and a success all rolled up in one. Which one comes out each day depends on the weather. And sometimes you're the sophisticated prince charming, but the mirror reminds you that you're not the fairest in the land. If this great, unimaginable, unthinkable God, creator of the universe and everything that exists, this star breather, this everlasting God, this life-giving and life-changing God took the time to work out the details of what is me and what is you, if he took the time with such detail and intention, then I must be loved and you must be loved by him. See, love is a person, in closing. Love is a partnership. Love is poetic. Roses are red, violets are blue. My great mess collided with his greatness, and now I can stand stainless. Roses are red, violets are blue. I want to read this poem by Myra Brooks. Entitled the master's touch the touch of the master's hand It was battered and scarred and the auctioneer thought it wasn't worth his while to waste much time on the old violin But held it up with a smile What can I get for this old violin who will start the bidding for me a dollar a dollar who will make it two? two dollars? And who will make it three three dollars once three dollars twice going for three, but no from the back of the room, a gray-haired man came forward and picked, and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening up all the strings, he played a melody pure and sweet, as sweet as the angels sing. The music ceased, and the auctioneer, with the voice that was quiet and low, said, What can I get for the old violin? And he held it up with the bow, $1,000.00. Or who will make it two, 2,000? Two and who will make it three? 3,000 once, 3,000 twice, and going, going, gone, he said. The people cheered, but some of them said, we do not quite understand what changed its worth. Came the reply, the touch of a master's hand. <laughs> Many of us live life out of tune. Stay with me. And battered and scarred with sin, is auction cheap to a thoughtless crowd, much like the old violin, a mess of pottage, a glass of wine, a game, and he shuffles along. He's going once and he's going twice. He's going and almost gone. But the master comes. And the thoughtless crowd never quite understands the worth of a soul and the change that's brought by the touch of the master's hand love is here (laughs) love is all around this place love can handle all the uncertainties of life i'm telling you love is a person so may you encounter love today love is a partnership so may you be awakened to the reality that he is here with you now And love is poetic. May your experiences paint the greatest picture you have ever seen. And may your life be an expression of him who loves with an everlasting love. Roses are red. Violets are blue. My great mess collided with his greatness. And now I can stand stainless. Roses are red. Violets are blue. I hope you know that this topic of love isn't just a monthly thing. I hope you know that it's real. And maybe your experiences with love haven't been so great. I get that. And maybe your relationship with God hasn't been that great either. I get that. And maybe what you're going through right now, just love is the last thing you want to hear right now. I get that. As we walk through that. But we can't ignore the fact that the story of Jesus continues to be told generations after generations after generations. It must be true. And when you look at the people around you that their lives have been changed, it must be true. And when you look at the mirror and you see the man that you used to be and now that you are, not that you're perfect, but you know that there is something that has changed in your life. You're not the person you used to be. Your spouse isn't the person they used to be. So I want you to experience more than anything this love. It's more than a secondhand emotion. And I'm sorry, Whitney, but it has everything to do with it. Roses are red, violets are blue. Would you bow your heads? Lord, we thank you for being so beautiful, <laughs> so creative, God. that even the beginning of the book, Genesis chapter one, it's a poem to us. That Paul would have this revelation that we are an expression of you here on earth. That we are essentially God's poem. God, and you are expressing yourself through us, through our our pain, (laughs) through our fragmented pieces, through our confused state, through our hurt, you are expressing your love through us. And so I pray for the people here, God, that they would know that love is a person, which means that it can be encountered and experienced. That love is a partnership. That they're not alone. I know we feel alone, but we're not alone. And love is poetic. You're us, through us, here with us, around us, and I pray for those, Lord, that are having those Benoni moments, God, that they would turn it into Benjamin moments, that it's not the end, God, and the book is still being written, it's a chapter, but that the book is still being written, I pray for those, Lord, that have suffered, lost in their love life, Lord, I pray that you would be with him. Those that have just have had a bad luck, Lord, with with this word, with this theme, I pray, Lord, that you would show yourself true to them, that they would give you space, just a little bit of space, God, that you would work in their lives. God, that love really can handle it all. Lord, and we'll do our best. We'll do our best to stand on your word. And even when things don't look good around us God even in the messiness of life God that we can still see your goodness so we thank you for your love that is everlasting that won't leave us that won't leave us and it is always available to us in Jesus name we pray